Welcome back to the Fantasy Madness Podcast. In video, or whatever. With me, the Mad Chatter, Ryan MK. Thank you. Thank you once again for joining. Thank you. Much appreciated. Do not forget to follow on the Twitters and the Grams at RMK Madness on the tubes under Mad Chatter. Okay, that's right. Hope everyone's weekend was, uh, was well. Hope you enjoyed the foosball. Did well in your fantasy leagues. I had an up and down weekend. Obviously, a lot of turmoil. A lot of chaos. We'll get into that. But otherwise, here at the Madhouse MK, we're just trying to get in the, uh, you know, fall spirit. The October spirit. The Halloween spirit. Watching the, you know... Hocus Pocus and some Nightmare Before Christmas with the children's, you know, enjoying that, doing a little decorating around the house, getting in the fall mood, and really, it's important, I believe, to enjoy it, because I believe next month's going to get really fucking crazy, (laughs) Oh, and I hope it's calmed down again by Christmas, but we'll see. We'll see. And, you know, we have to pay attention to everything going on with COVID. Obviously, the president just got it. Apparently, he's already out the hospital. And he says, well, don't worry about COVID. It's no big deal. <clears throat> but it, 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 it really is kind of a big deal, see? And getting into flu season, we have to worry where the virus is at with its mutations and and for that next big wave to hit, which could certainly come during the fall. See, there's so much stuff to this. It's just, I don't understand the ignoring of science. I really don't get it. It drives me fucking crazy that people just, okay, sorry, I apologize. If you would like to hear more of my thoughts on that kind of stuff, please check out my other podcast, the Miscellaneous Debris Podcast, with me, the Mad Cheddar. Yeah, yeah. So check that out. If you want to hear uh, more of my thoughts on that and just more ranting and rambling, I try and make it fun, right? But definitely get into some serious with what's going on in the country. How can you not? Have to talk a little bit about it here occasionally. Because critical time for America, folks. It really is. And you can see there's not a lot of great things that would likely come from another four years of the current administration. I'm just going to leave it, leave it at that. But speaking of COVID, we had already known that it had struck Tennessee several positive tests. And that game was going to be postponed. But then shortly after, of course... After I recorded Friday, I didn't I didn't want to fucking post it on Twitter because it was like, oh, well, this sucks because some of the shit I just said goes right out the fucking window. And that's because Cam Newton tested positive. Now, I don't know if it was Cam Newton being reckless, irresponsible, anything like that, because I know that's where a lot of people will probably go because it's Cam Newton. He's kind of a wild dude. He's different. But I don't think you can automatically go there. It could just be someone in his very close circle was reckless. Or maybe somebody they know. We don't know. The bottom line is, it led to a lot of questions about the Kansas City and New England game. Now, obviously, 
that ended up getting played Monday night before the Packers and Falcons game. And, hey, no complaints there. Two Monday night games works for people, right? Not going to complain about that. But it, it was all a little bit worrisome and caused some chaos around football leagues. You had to go, and, and several of ours, several of the leagues that I'm, that I'm in, that I run, etc., we had to do replacement players. Well, what if this guy ends up not playing for the COVID shit? Then do we have someone on our bench we can use the points for? A lot of that shit going on. Good thinking, smart thinking, way to plan ahead. Luckily, the NFL took care of it all and just said, hey, we're going to have these fuckers play Monday. It's going to be all good. And they did. So, obviously, we're going to get into some Monday night chatter in a little bit. But something else happened on Monday. And that is that uh, the Houston Texans went ahead and fired Bill O'Brien. Now, I'm not trying to make light of someone losing their job because I, I don't like that. It's not that... You know, I don't like to hear that someone's unemployed, but on the same, the same token, he, he he is the reason. I mean, he did that to himself. He's the reason he's fired. You know, it's himself. It's not like he got a raw deal, anything like that. No, he was given a lot of power and continuously fucked things up with that power. Maybe he was gambling that what he was doing was right, and he just missed. But a lot of it to a lot of people seemed fucking weird. And you even hear stories about other NFL executives like, we smelled blood in the water. Why? Because Bill O'Brien's on some stupid shit. And now he's gone. And I did see something on Twitter about the possibility of being interested in Adam Gase should he become available. And I hope that's not some serious shit because that would be the dumbest fucking thing. Like, what about Eric Bieniemy, Man? What? Nobody gonna give him a chance? Hmm? That'd be some bullshit. Fine, Houston. You take Adam Gase and you continue to fucking suck. And Jets, why don't you bring in Eric Bieniemy to fucking help Sam Darnold? I don't understand these NFL franchises sometimes. I really don't. I really don't. So, you know, condolences to your job, Mr. Bill O'Brien, but it is very much on you that you are in the position that you are in right now, and we'll see what happens with the Texans. I'd like to hope this, you know, rallies them a little bit, because the Deshaun Watson deserves better. And he got it going a little bit in the second half against the Vikings, but it just wasn't enough. It just wasn't enough. And I did read something interesting earlier in the day Monday where it was talking about how Bill O'Brien, and I'm not sure, I couldn't fucking find it, so I don't even know if it was real. But something about Bill O'Brien taking over play calling duties, and then not too much later I hear he gets fired. And that, that to me was like someone in the Browns going, huh? Or not the Browns. Apologies. The Browns are actually doing very well. The Texans. Texans. Someone in the Texans was like, huh? Oh, you're going to keep fucking shit up. Nope, that's that's enough of this. Let's just, let's just say it. Because it was like a couple hours later, Bill O'Brien fired. Mm. What are you going to do? What are you going to do? So, we'll see what happens with the Texans moving forward. But... Let's go ahead and get into my thoughts on all of the action 
from Sunday and Monday, shall we? What the fuck? <laughs> All right, week four. Let's get into my thoughts on week four, and let's go ahead and begin it with, well, let's see, where I was wrong. You suck, you jackass. Because, hey, can't hit on everything, right? Now, I did mention that I thought the Browns would be in trouble <laughs> because the Cowboys were going to roll because Dak Prescott was going to be pissed off about just that whole thing. And, uh, you know, it, the Browns, they, they, they've looked fine, but uh, I, I just, I didn't see this coming. <laughs> so I was wrong about that. I mean, you had fucking Odell going off, Chubb, yeah, Chubb we'll talk about him, fucking injuries. But you had the running game was going strong. Like, the Browns tore into that Dallas defense. And, yeah. So, I was wrong about the Browns being in trouble. Kenyon Drake. I thought he'd have a pretty good game. I was wrong. You know, part of it maybe was he got banged up late. No, no, no. This is just not working. Great last year? Yeah, yeah, sure. But see, I had never bought into Kenyon Drake. That's the thing. Like, I very rarely will advocate for him. And I really thought, okay, Carolina's got a fucking terrible run defense. So, hey, this is a prime position for Kenyon Drake to have a bounce back game just to look at. And he didn't. And I was wrong. And that's what I get for occasionally touting players that I don't even like because they end up fucking me anyway. Give me some more Chase Edmonds, please. Also thought the Bears and Colts would be a fun game, a shootout, and we might get some, you know, high fantasy points in that and another round of Nick Foles. Big Nick Dick. Big Dick Nick. That's what I meant to say. Big Nick Dick. Big Dick Nick. That's what I meant to say. More Big Dick Nick. But no, this was Little Dick Nick. And Philip Rivers wasn't much better. And, well, you still had Allen Robinson was solid, and Mo Ali Cox, who I've been, you know, talking about, and someone on Twitter, I'd like to think of who it is, maybe Jake Throwbridge, I believe it was, maybe, that was talking about how, what a great nickname would be, Big Mac. Because he's a big dude. Mo Ali Cox. Mac. Big Mac. That's a great nickname, Jake. I hope it sticks. Hope it sticks. He didn't do much, but he got a touchdown to save the day. And I know there's some people worried about Jonathan Taylor. Fucking don't be. Chillax. Chillax. Are these the same people worried about Clyde Edwards Hilaire? Because he hasn't been anything special as of recent. None of the rookie running backs are due to... Well, there is one that I've got a little uh, hope for moving forward as far as... Uh, we'll get into that. We'll get into that. I was also wrong... On the Bills and the Saints, possible upsets. But, the, no, they both won. Saints look pretty good. Bills look pretty good. They both won. The games are close. Their opponents, the Lions and the Raiders, they both tried to make a comeback. But in the end, they won. So, they keep it rolling. Okay, Bills keep it rolling. Gotta keep giving them respect. Okay. I still got to see a little more, man. 
this Josh Allen. He's an enigma, you know. He's that like Tim Tebow type, but a little better. Quite a bit better, because he could chuck the ball. Tim Tebow is the, and Allen was accurate. This Sunday, you you got to give him credit. But just the way he plays and some of the shit he does, it still worries you, and you just wonder when it gets to the heavy hitters in the playoffs, if they're going to be able to survive with him doing that stuff. If he's going to be able to stay as mistake free, I did. It's going to be. I I just. It's going to be fascinating. They're a fascinating team. I'm going to put it that way. And the Saints, yes, they had a good game. Without Michael Thomas, Draquan Smith stepped up. But I really, I just, I still, I don't have a lot of faith in Drew Brees. I just don't. I just don't. I think the Saints are fraudulent just like they have been. And that's why they get beat by the Vikings. Another fucking fraudulent team. <laughs> All right. I bashed myself a little bit. So, I'd actually like to talk about where... I was, in fact, right. Oh, yeah! That's right. The Bengals won, as I presumed they would. And I said, Burrow's going to have a good game, and Mixon's going to have a big game. And what happened? Oh, Mixon was big time. Bengals win, good for them. Throughout that, though, I said have faith in James Robinson. And... There was another area I was right. You can't say he's the number five running back right now, okay? He did lack the touchdowns today, but over 100 all purpose yards, okay? They're going to keep using him. He's the man there. You need to keep rolling him out. And if he has a game where he gets not so many catches and fucking doesn't get you a touchdown, hey, like this game right here, he's still getting you double-digit points. Consistent. You're going to be able to count on James Robinson to give you something. You know what I mean? So I really like that. The Ravens would roll. And they did. You played your guys from the Ravens. You were probably happy. But I also said Antonio Gibson was in for a little bit of a game. And, oh my goodness. He had 46 yards and a touchdown, four catches for 82 yards, so not bad for Antonio Gibson. And I believe his role continues to increase there. I believe he really could turn out to be pretty damn good. So all the people that were really excited about him when, you know, one of my guys that I touted during the offseason, Darius Geis, when he did his shit and he went skedaddle, everybody was all excited about Gibson. There's people worried. Like, yeah, what about this? What about that? But it's proven over time that he's going to be worth that. He's going to be really good. And then Kenny Galladay, I said, makes the Lions better. Now, he didn't have the biggest stat line, 462 and 1. But they almost had that upset. And they won last week. And they've been playing better the past couple of weeks. Kenny Galladay helps out Matthew Stafford and the Lions so much. And I do believe that Lions defense is coming around a little bit. So I do think that the Detroit Lions, I don't think they're going to do anything crazy. I don't think they're going to make some playoff run or anything like that. But I do think they make an interesting opponent for teams 
this season. I really do. I really do. Particularly if they get a certain man going that has a little bit of a swiftness to him, if you know what I mean. Okay, that was fucking terrible. That was just terrible. It, it was. It was fucking terrible. It was absolutely... Ah. I know. I know. What are you going to say? What are you going to say? What am I going to say? I ain't going to say anything. <sighs> okay. So that's where I was right. We did where I was wrong. Because we're all wrong, but I got to throw in a little bit of bragging rights. You, you know you know what I'm saying? A little bit of from when I was right. I got to throw some of that shit in there. I can't just sit here and completely bash myself. I got to give myself a little credit too. But now we move in to my other observations. <laughs> Of week four. And going back to the Houston Texans, they were just terrible. I mean, Deshaun Watson picked it up in the second half, but this Houston Texans defense is just shit. It is. Now, I really do, like I said previously, I want to see how they respond after this Bill O'Brien firing. And you'd really like to see them make a really good move, coaching-wise. Please be Eric Bieniemy. That could be so good for Deshaun Watson. But Texans are probably going to Texans and do something stupid. But we'll see. But for right now, I'd like to see rest of season what they do to compete. They need to get some wins in there. Because they don't have a first-round pick. So there's no fucking reason not to just try and shoot for it and see if you can't win. 10 out of the next 12 games and get yourself a wild card spot. No reason not to shoot for it. Because you're not getting these fucking picks. Ugh. Houston. Blah, blah. I do believe, though, speaking of the Houston-Minnesota game, I do believe Justin Jefferson is now a viable starter. That's two weeks in a row. Becoming a bit of a trend. And I do think, because that Minnesota defense isn't very good, that Minnesota offense, like... Some other offenses will discuss. They're going to have to put up points, right? And so, you know, you know me. I don't have much faith in Kirk Cousins, but he's going to have to sling the ball. Thielen's going to get his, but they don't seem to be using the tight ends as much. They do use Dalvin Cook, but they need somebody else, and nobody's fucking stepped up. So, Justin Jefferson it is, and he looks fucking great, man. <coughs> Down for some Justin Jefferson. The Panthers and the Cards game. This was a very interesting one. Because I really thought, again, the Cardinals was kind of, you know, bounced back a little bit from their loss last week against the Detroit Lions, who, you know, I've got a little faith can play play well down the stretch. But I didn't think a lot of it in the respect that I really thought Kyler, Cards, they'd be able to come out and take care of business against Carolina. But Carolina's offense is improving. It certainly is. Teddy played a hell of a game. Hell of a game. Robbie Anderson, everybody's freaking out about DJ Moore. And hey, I do think Robbie Anderson's got his shit there. But I do think we're going to see both. DJ Moore is the most talented fucking receiver on that team. Okay? That's all there is to it. He is. And they want him to be the stud. They'll get him going. Don't worry. Don't worry. But Robbie Anderson has impressed. And I thought he would. I mean, I trade him away in a couple of leagues, which is fine. But I did feel like he'd be pretty damn good this year, you know? 
I mean, going to his college coach, I mean, I just had a feeling. And let's face it, all the peeps believe that Adam Gase, they just tend to get better and better, don't they? Yes, that's right. Because for some reason, there's this cloud hanging over Adam Gase to where all the players that play for him suck under him and do great everywhere. Yeah. And so the Panthers look good. Mike Davis playing very well. I said he wasn't going to be that. Hey, there's another place where I was wrong. I didn't think Mike Davis was going to be much of a replacement for Christian McCaffrey. But he's not been bad at all. Huh? What? You got to be impressed. <laughs> a suitable backup. The Rams. Oh, no, before we get into the Rams, sorry. Let's finish the Panthers cards game because this was an injury. The, the Cardinals offense, it doesn't seem like, it seemed like it was really coming together at the end of last year, and then you wonder what's going on this year. Now you had some receivers banged up, but Christian Kirk made a little noise, got a touchdown. They just don't, what is going on? The running game's not there. Hmm. Chase Edmonds is making a little noise. Do they need to use more of him? Maybe Kenyon Drake, that was just a flash in the pan last year, which could be true. That's kind of why I didn't invest in him this year. I didn't want to roster this dude that I was just like, I've never liked Kenyon Drake. And yeah, you could say, hmm, Adam Gase factor, sure. But he had some time there without in Miami without Adam Gase. And they were none too impressed with him either. So I, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. So now let's get into the Rams. They were a bit of a letdown. DeAndre. Blah, 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 blah. <laughs> Daryl Henderson. I don't know why I almost said D'Angelo. Daryl Henderson. Daryl Hendy. Disappointing. Disappointing. I'm touched by Malcolm Brown. Just by one. But it was just kind of like, yeah, the whole Rams offense really. I mean, Cup saved his day with a touchdown. But the whole Rams offense suspected more against the lowly Giants, who, by the way, fucking suck. That offense is terrible. I, Danny Dimes, you got to wonder about him, this whole entire offense. Just, they need to do something. They just, oh. Defense not bad, though. I mean, that could be. They, they were doing a little bit. Maybe that's part of the problem with the Rams. But, hey, they're playing against the Buffalo defense, who maybe not as good as last year's Buffalo defense, but still a good defense, and the Rams are moving in on them. So, Tough to say, but the Rams just not looking as sharp. What are you going to do? There's going to be those days. Fucking Rams. Traquan Smith, someone I've touted for a while since the offseason, he's finally fucking paying off great. Four receptions, 54 yards, two touchdowns. Good stuff. Going to get you 20 points. And, you know, he might go back down once Michael Thomas comes back, but maybe he's done enough to where he becomes the number two to Michael Thomas, and, you know, Emmanuel Sanders kind of sinks down to the number three, which is how it fucking should be, right? But we'll also have to see, because they didn't have Jared Cook in this game, so we'll see how the receptions, the targets, all well, the targets, we'll see how all that shit breaks down once everybody's healthy. But for right now, Traquan Smith making some fucking noise. I dig it. DeAndre Swift. Traquan Smith to DeAndre Swift. This is the young back I was mentioning earlier. And they're slowly, the Lions, starting to get him a little more involved. And I think they should continue to do so because while AP has been fine for a back of his age who, you know, can do so much, DeAndre Swift is the future and he's starting to show it. Now, 
He only got four carries, but he went for 22 yards, pacing a little bit better than Adrian Peterson. And he also got four receptions for 30 yards and a touchdown, getting a little bit more involved. And I believe, as time goes on, they'll get him even more and more involved. So that's someone you need to consider. I mean, all these rookie running backs, you know, really when you look at all of them, Jonathan Taylor became the man once Marlon Mack went down. Clyde Edwards-Hilaire became the man once Damian Williams opted out. They've been up and down so far. J.K. Dobbins is the one people are a lot of, uh, you know, really excited about the future for. But he's only shown, shown flashes this year because, he, well, he's playing in a backfield with a lot of competition. He got Keyshawn Vaughn buried on the depth chart. Tampa Bay. You've got DeAndre Swift, kind of the same thing in, in, in the midst of a committee. And then you got Cam Akers, who's been banged up. You look at all these guys and you're like, ah, what is going on here? Patience. If you're in Dynasty, be patient. If you're in Redraft, now might be a good time to pick some of these fuckers up if they're available because they could start making noise. And, you know, CEH, Taylor, they're going to be rostered. But, but, someone like a DeAndre Swift in a redraft league might not be. Pick him up before he starts going ham. I'm telling you. And AP's old. That dude could go down any fucking time. I'm just saying. Where in the world is Preston Williams? I'd like to know. Now, here's the thing. Most players, after recovering from ACLs, they take a little bit of time before they're getting back to normal, back to 100%, right? Now, that seemed a little bit less so in more recent years simply because, you know, technology, medicine, everything's becoming more improved, you know? We're learning more. We're smarter now than we ever were. Maybe. That's kind of debatable. but <laughs> So, it, you, you just kind of wonder. Um, but this offense has been weird. Right? So, there's some stuff you got to look at it. Offensive line, eh, still a little suspect. And it might be a situation where in redraft, you're going to be disappointed with Preston. And in Dynasty, you just hold. This is going to be a team that moves it down the field eventually. They're going to have Tua at some point. Although, the more this year goes on, if that offensive line becomes a, an area of major struggle and concern, do they put Tua behind that line? That's an interesting conversation to have. Interesting conversation, I would say. So, yes, Preston Williams, we miss you, man. Come back. Bad day for his teammate, Mile Gaskins, too. I finally put Mile Gaskins, blah, 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 blah. <laughs> Miles Gaskin in one of my flex spots. Uh, uh. But you still like it, you, you know, he's still the guy there, but they are getting Brita a little involved, which I like, but damn. Damn. I used him on the wrong week. Shit happens. The Cowboys offense. They're going to have to score a lot. 
a lot because this defense is just getting chewed up, chewed up. So they're going to have to play tough defenses eventually. And But I do think this offense is good enough to move the ball. I think they're good enough to score. And that's a couple of games where they got behind early and they had to try and come back. This game they had some turnovers. Dak had a fumble. Zeke had a fumble. But most of the time they're going to be able to move and score points in this offense. And they're probably going to have to do it a lot if their defense can't fucking stop nobody. So be happy if you have some of these Cowboys players because you'll probably get a lot of usage out of them. And I think CD is coming for that fucking number one job. Five catches, 79 yards, two touchdowns Sunday. I think he's coming for Amar Cooper's job as the top guy in Dallas, which I I, I said would happen during the offseason. I said CD Lamb, the best fucking rest. That dude's going to be the number one in Dallas. But I also thought it would take a year, maybe next year. He'd be, the way he's going, hey, watch out. He's getting hot. He's getting rolling. C.D. Lamb. Ooh, another guy. Very excited about. Very excited about. Not excited about the Philadelphia offense. Disappointing for Miles Sanders. They can't seem to get anything going. Although I do I do want to say, there was a Travis Fulgham sighting. Remember I talked about this guy in the offseason. I thought he would really make some noise on the Lions roster. And then he was cut. Picked up by the, the fucking Eagles. And here he is. Touchdown. Two catches. 57 yards and a touchdown. What do you know? Huh. What do you know? <laughs> Fucking Philly offense. Yeah, not a lot of great things. They won the game, but not a lot of great stuff happening there. You look at San Francisco, and they're fucking banged up. I think they're in trouble. They're digging themselves in a hole. Even if they get Jimmy G back in the next week or two, how good are they going to be? Like, ugh. They've lost so many the poor bastards. Just like Denver. Denver's lost so many fucking people to injury. It's crazy. It's crazy. But you have a couple teams like that every year, right? That just the injury bug just destroys them, it seems. Anyway. And where in the world is Michael Gallup? I totally missed that when I was talking about the kid, but where in the fucking world is Michael Gallup? It's that's a little that's a little depressing too. His role has really gone down, so... Um, but they've been using a little more Schultz, Dalton Schultz. So if you're sitting there and you're like, hey, you got uh, Cooper and Lamb. Zeke's going to get some passes. You throw in Dalton Schultz. I mean, how much left is there really? Except for in these comebacks. But even in the last two, he wasn't getting a lot of... So uh, some concern over Mr. Gallup. Hmm? Patience. He's a stud. I believe, so patience, but a little bit of concern. Speaking of patience, if you were patient, you got to finally see the New England-Kansas City game, so let's get into some Monday Night Football! <sighs> yeah, it's an interesting game because the Patriots look god-awful at quarterback, and when's the last time you could say, <laughs> like, they've had Tom Brady for so fucking long. And when he was gone, you had Matt Castle. Yeah, Matt Castle play a hell of a season. You had Jimmy G and, and Jacoby Brissett a couple of games. You know, this was awful without Cam Newton. Just terrible. Terrible by the offense. Nikhil Harry, 
It's not looking spectacular, but he got a touchdown. I just I need to see more from this dude, and I traded for him in a couple of leagues. I really thought he'd have a breakout year with Cam, and he, I'm a little concerned with him too. But welcome Damian Harris. I was very excited for him. Now, he didn't do nearly as much as I, I wanted him to, and but hey, he came in about six yards a pop, went 17 for 100. Okay, and we got to continue to see what happens with him. And because James White came back, he got some work too. So we'll see how this backfield breaks out, especially when Sony Michelle comes back. It's going to be very interesting that you might not be able to play any of those motherfuckers for all we know. And the Chiefs, the Chiefs were the Chiefs. Kelsey, a little disappointing. You'd like to have him get a touchdown or two. And Clyde Edwards, a little, a little disappointing. Tyreek got his. So, you know, nothing crazy from the Chiefs, but they do what they do, win the game, moving on. Then you had Atlanta at Green Bay. The actual Monday night game. And this one, more Atlanta struggles. They didn't blow a lead this time. They couldn't even get in front, really. Julio went out during the game, re-aggravating the hammy. Gurley had an okay day. I mean, he got 57 yards and two touchdowns, just not very efficient. Low yards per carry. And then Calvin Ridley just kind of disappeared. Russell Gage didn't do much, but you know who did? My boy Olamide Zacchaeus. He was the leading fucking receiver on the Falcons. Eight catches, 86 yards. Good for him. Good for him. Hope he gets some more love, because he's the shit. Sorry, sorry. So, the banged-up Falcons struggle, get taken down by the mighty Packers, who, no, Devontae Adams, no problem, right? They decided to, you know, play it safe with their star receiver, and it looks like they were fine without him, because, you know, Aaron Jones did a bit of his thing, A-Rod did his thing, and uh, but the, really, the story was Aaron Rodgers' new good friend, his new best friend. Ain't you talking about my best friend? Ain't you talking about my best friend? Sorry, I know that's terrible. I wasn't really trying to sing nicely, so what ifs? We're going to get into what I call the Mad Men. <laughs> and we begin with... From that Monday night game, the Falcons and the Packers, Aaron Rodgers' new best friend, Robert Tonyan. Six catches, 98 yards, three touchdowns, good for you. Does Aaron Rodgers finally have a tight end? He just, just might. He might. Oh, Del Beckham is the next one. Yes, he did. He went off. Yes, he did. Five catches, 81 yards, two touchdowns. Oh, he also added two rushes for 73 yards and a touchdown. That really young, long one that just the highlight play. Ooh, that was fun to watch. Odell going bananas. You love to see that. It's been a minute, Odell. Welcome to the Mad Men. And then you have Joe Mixon, who we spoke of. 151 and two, and then six catches for 30 yards and another touchdown. Holy shit, Joe Mixon, good job. Welcome back. I said you would be on your shit this week, and you were. Thanks for proving me right, buddy. There you go. And one last one. One last one. Let's hit the quarterback position. Give a little love to Mr. Old Man Tom Brady for coming out and throwing nearly 400 yards and five touchdowns. All right. 
And his comeback win. Yeah, yes, yes. Good job, Mr. Tom Brady. That's right. Oh, goodness. I know. That's some good stuff. Some good stuff, I tell you. And then let's go ahead and finish up the week four thoughts with a little bit of infirmary news. Body bags. Yep, body bags all fucking around. The biggest news from Sunday, obviously, Austin Eckler out four to six weeks with a severe hammy injury. So Josh Kelly will be will be the man. And as he was, he did not have a very good game Sunday. Part of it was the Chargers had the lead. He kind of fumbled the ball, which kind of opened the door for the Buccaneers. And it was a little bit haywire from there for the Chargers. So, shame. But Josh Kelly should get his opportunity again. And, you know, Justin Jackson is going to get mixed in. And then Nick Chubb. The other big name, out for six weeks, for sure. And the Browns would be okay. It sucks for us Chubb owners. But the good news is, is that while Kareem Hunt is mostly honed in places, Dernis Johnson is probably not owned in a lot of places, I would say. Just the deepest of dynasty leagues. So you know the Browns are going to keep this rushing attack up, which means they're going to use more than Kareem Hunt. So we're going to see Duranis Johnson, I do believe. Dontrell Hilliard is another name to keep an eye on. He was basically their third guy last year. Duranis Johnson kind of took his spot this year. But Duranis Johnson, someone you want to get. Go out and grab that Johnson. You know what I'm talking about. Grab that Johnson. O.J. Howard for the Bucks Ruptured his Achilles. Looks like he's going to be done for the year. Now, I know people's thoughts are automatically going to go to Rob Gronkowski. But I don't think that's it. Yeah. Gronk himself said he's there to block, which I can believe. It's not like the Bucks have a top five offensive line, so they could use the extra protection for old man Brady, right? So now, all of a sudden, Cameron Bright becomes interesting again, Yes. Look into it. More than likely, we're just going to see a shit ton more of, well, Chris Godwin, he comes back. We'll probably just see a lot of the receivers. But we do know also that Tom Brady likes his tight ends. And let's face it, O.J. Howard, really, this is probably the best game he's had in a while. Am I wrong? Huh? And there's no Chris Godwin. So I, I just think, oh, Scotty Miller had a day too. Don't forget about that Scotty Miller. Of course, he's doing well on the days I don't play him. That's usually how it goes, though, right? <laughs> but I do think keeping on Cameron Brake, because that could make for an interesting play down the stretch. Kenyon Drake sounds like it was more of a scare than anything. Sounds like he was practicing limited fashion on Monday. So, again, keep an eye on it. But also, make sure... You'll have those uh, Chase Edmonds rostered because you may need him sooner rather than later. Either because of struggles or injury. You know what I mean? Oh, goodness. Well, at least it doesn't seem the infirmary, the injury is not too crazy so far. And you know who else was not on the Mad Men sheet? George Kittle. George Kittle 
went fucking bananas, did he not? He went for, well, now I got to look it up again. <laughs> but he went for, I, I want to say 158. I was going to say 158 and 183, 183, 15 fucking catches, 183 yards and a touchdown. And I said, you know, there's a conversation that I went across on Twitter. And it's basically talking about how, like, George Kittle is totally worth drafting in the first round. And this is why. Because he gives you such a positional advantage. If he were a wide receiver, if he was under the wide receiver position, look at where he'd be ranked. He's better than most receivers. Totally worth wherever you got him. If you have George Kittle, and I do in a few dynasty leagues, if you have George Kittle, cherish him. Cherish He's wonderful. And really, we should all, all find it in our hearts to cherish George Kittle, who is a madman, who laughs in the face of pain and tackles, who wears shirts of his friend and quarterback, Jimmy, Jimmy Garoppolo, even though Jimmy G is not the best of quarterbacks. He still has his support. The support of his man, Mr. George Kittle. So I think we all need to salute the man, George Kittle, because he is the fucking man. Game over, man. It's game over. That's right. It's about that time to close up shop. For the pod is almost over. Closing time. I don't know why I'm doing this terrible singing of these songs. I don't know what's going on. I really don't. I really don't. But let's get into some uh, just a tad bit of waiver chatter, shall we? Because with these running back injuries, you know, there's still some names you can get. We mentioned Dernis Johnson, Dontrell Hilliard, Justin Jackson. These are names that they may or may not be available, but certainly worth rostering because of the injuries. Because both Eckler and Chubb are multiple weeks. And within that time frame, another guy could get hurt. COVID could attack. Any number of things could happen. Performance not great. So, guys definitely worth getting if they aren't on teams already. Robert Tanyan, he might be available in quite a few leagues, actually, because I don't think a lot of people were actually taking it that seriously. But if you check out my infirmary article from Sunday morning, you will see that I took him very seriously and said, that was a good play this week. And he performed marvelously. Yes, he did. So if you can get that dude, that dude's high priority this week. Because there's not a lot. Once you get to this point in the season, unless you're in like smaller redraft leagues, and there's, you know, dudes there you can get. But we're not talking about that here. We get a little deeper. We're talking about these dynasty leagues, particularly deep dynasty leagues, where you've got plenty of dudes on your bench. There's not a whole lot you can do with the waiver. Some of these dudes, Dearness Johnson, he's not someone you're going to find on a whole hell of a lot of rosters. Okay? Mm, that's right. 
And again, I mentioned Cameron Bray. Snatch him the fuck up just to see what happens. Olamide Zacchaeus, Travis Fulgham. Maybe Travis Fulgham works his way into... Dude, you look at his player... Perf- I'm going to pull that shit up right now just to show you fucking people what I'm talking about. Travis Fulgham. And I, I, I'm not sure why he couldn't do anything on the damn Lions. Because they need... I mean, don't get me wrong. I dig me some Marvin Jones. Who doesn't? But they need another guy for the future next to Galladay. And I know people are excited about Cephas. I'm not so much. But I, And that's why I thought Travis Fogum really could make some noise this year in Detroit. But then they cut him. And now he's in Philly. And guess what? You look at his... Now, he didn't run the fastest 40-yard dash. But other than that, 65th percentile and above on the rest of his metrics. Speed score, burst score, agility score, catch radius. 70th percentile college dominator. 80th percentile yards per reception. This is a great profile and a damn good wide receiver. Maybe he gets some more opportunity with the Eagles now. We'll see. We'll see. Now it's nothing crazy. A couple of catches, touchdown, but still. Crucial catches. Maybe he gets some run. We'll see. So might be worth snatching up. Then you move on. We're going to move on, I should say. <laughs> to a little bit of a Thursday night football game. You got your Bucks at your Bears. Brady and the Bucks, they I think they're starting to find a rhythm. And if they get Chris Godwin back, which they may or may not, his hammy injuries are tricky. I would say he's probably going to be another week. But they're starting to find their rhythm. And I think they're going to be able to move the ball against the Bears' D, who is solid but not great. And I do think Nick Foles, big Dick Foles, he's going to get a bit of a bounce back here. And because the Bucks have a good D too, but I do think Foles is going to bounce back a little bit. He's going to sling it a little bit more. Allen Robinson, of course, he's going to be okay. But I do think we'll get a little more action from Anthony Miller. Yes, I do. Yes, I do. And then for the Bucks, I do think he's going to just keep rolling. He's got Scotty Miller. He's got Mike Evans. So even if he doesn't have Chris Godwin and O.J. Howard, he's going to be fine. He's going to be fine. Especially, keep an eye on Justin Watson, because he's there too. He had four catches. He looked, I mean, you know, he's not getting a lot of run yet, but he's looking good. And then again, Cameron Bray, just something to keep an eye on. I was just saying, with those with those fools. <sighs> yes, yes. So that's what I got for you for a little bit of a look into Thursday night football. Now, other than that, Not much else to say. Hell of a crazy week four. You know this COVID shit ain't going away. So we'll see how it goes down the road. Because you know it's going to come up again. Will it be as simple as it was this time? Game was postponed a couple of days. One was postponed weeks. So what's going to happen here? It's going to be an interesting, interesting finish to the season if they do indeed finish, which I'm sure they're going to do everything they can. But, you know, shit happens. Particularly, hey, we're hitting the flu season, people. So mask up, 
take your fucking vitamin C, your vitamin D, go get you some zinc, be taking that shit, be eating good, you know, just do yourself right. And we'll get through this shit together, people. That's right. So, once again, thank you for joining me. I really do appreciate it. This has been the Fantasy Medicine Podcast with me, the Matt Chatter, Ryan MK. And do not forget to follow me on the Twitters, on the Grams, at RMK Madness. And check me out on the tubes. That's where we get the tubes and the video for the pod and stuff. And you know, you know what I'm saying. You know. And keep an eye out for my articles coming out through playerprofiler.com. Down. Good stuff this week. I got a metrics-based article coming out, etc., etc. And again, you want to hear some more of my comedy stuff and my thoughts on the societal situation, political situation, that just the situation of our country. You want to hear some of my thoughts on that? Feel free to check out my other podcast, Miscellaneous Debris. All right. Now, and everybody, enjoy the beginning of Halloween and fall and all of this. As I mentioned, Embrace it. Enjoy it. We're getting the leaves turning, and and we're going to get, there's going to be candy everywhere and decorations and pumpkins. I love pumpkins. I love carving the pumpkins. I love all this stuff. And while it's going to be a different Halloween, it may not be the same, and there's probably going to be a lot of people that aren't doing the trick-or-treating thing, we're going to have to be a little careful with that. But enjoy it as best you can, because I do believe we're in for a pretty fucking crazy November, people. Probably both football-wise and real-life-wise. Not that football's not that You know what I'm saying. Anyway, okay, I'm done. I've chatted enough. Raining myself in. We're going to get the hell out of here. That's right. So, again, enjoy your week. I really please do. As always, much love to you all. Do not forget to stay safe, stay vigilant, and stay mad. Yes, because... All the best of us are, really, if you think about it. Huh, yeah. But anyway, have a great week, everybody. Enjoy it. Ta-ta for now. We'll talk soon. Laters! Welcome to the-